It's time for a change. God offers His people a change that can only be described as spiritual awakening. Join Jackson First Baptist as we discover the path of spiritual awakening. Well, today you have come to a moment where that we are going to talk about the disciples of Jesus had, were growing. They were growing in many things. Their understanding of God was growing. Their faith in God was growing. Their expectations were growing. Well, today I want to talk to you about your life and God-sized expectations. Now, if you add God to that and say a God expectation, now watch this. It's your belief that God is going to do something now in the near future or down the road. In Ephesians chapter 3, and we're not turning there, in verses 14 through 21, Paul prayed that the church would grow in their God-sized expectations. You say, well, what is that? Now, look on the screen. The greater God is before you, the greater he will work in and through you. Do you believe that? It's not that God gets bigger because he's fully glorified. He's God. But Lane Lewis, as you grow, I spotted you already, as you grow in your faith, God now act, doesn't actually become bigger, but he becomes bigger in your eyes because now you're embracing him. Paul would come in Ephesians 3 and 20, and he would sum up his, his time in prayer. He would say, now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you would ask, think, or do, to him be the glory or the praise forever. I find this, that in Christians' lives, there's too much apathy when it comes to God. I find that for most of us, we come without a God-sized expectation, not just in worship. I mean, you might occasionally think that God's going to do something in church, but I mean, I wonder how many of you just believed this morning that God was going to save somebody, that that was in your prayer, amen, in a prayer room this morning. There were two of us, but there are actually about 20 of us, it felt like, in the room because we just believed. Did you come this morning today saying, God, I want you to grow in, my, in front of me because I want to see great things? You say, well, preacher, okay, but well, let me ask you this. Will you pray that way tomorrow? Will you have that expectation tomorrow that whatever it is that you're laying before God that he's able to do it? You say, well, pastor, I, I'm really not getting this. Well, listen to me. If God's going to grow in your eyes, A.W. Tozer put it this way, it's up to grace. It's up to grace. If you look on the screen, I have a quote from A.W. Tozer, that great, that great preacher of old. He, he wrote a, many books, but one of them that I love, I read it every year, is entitled, Whatever Happened to Worship? And he said this in the book, we must humbly throw our hearts open and plead, God, shine thyself into understanding, for I will not find you otherwise. So can I be so bold and can I be so pleading and ask you maybe for a moment online and in the house to utter this prayer to God as, as we speak, God, increase my understanding. Increase my understanding. God, help me to, to again, to, to love you. And you see, some of us love denomination. Some of us love activity. Some of us love happiness. But unless you have the joy of the Lord, you can't make it through the unhappy times. Tim Delina said in the message recently at his church out in New York, he said this. He said, sometimes in your life when you get in a fog, the fog leads you to, to come to wrong conclusions. Can I get an amen? And when you come to those wrong conclusions, you need to know something. It does not change who God is, and it will not change the outcome. So, so give yourself a break if you do not believe in God enough as you should today. Today, if you come to this place and, and maybe you're just kind of discouraged and kind of defeated or, or maybe just kind of down today, that, that you would say today that even though I'm in the fog, God, I'm not going to believe until you shine through the fog in my life. What I want to do today is just look at a story that Jesus, about Jesus' life. 
In Luke chapter 8, the Bible tells us that Jesus is going back and forth across the Sea of Galilee. It's kind of like he's working his way down around the sea banks and the Holy Spirit's leading him. And he went, he went on one side. Remember, he went through the storm we saw at last week. And it was in a major storm. When he came out of the storm, there was a bigger storm. The bigger storm was there was this man who was demon-possessed, who was possessed by a legion of demons, and Jesus met him there. The disciples probably hung back in fear in the fog, and Jesus healed him. Jesus gets back in the boat, and, and he goes to the other side, and there's going to be, listen, to what, look what the text says in verse number 40. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd, say the crowd, the crowd welcomed him. Now, you need to understand this, that, that the Scripture says they were all waiting for him. Literally, there were thousands of them, and, and Mark's account tells us that they were literally pressing into Jesus because they all wanted something. So let me ask you today, what is it you want from God? I mean, seriously, I mean, you came to church for some reason, and I'm glad that you did because it's kind of boring to just preach to that camera even though I've done it a lot. And sometimes it's boring even when you're in the house, but that's another message. So what do you want from God? What are you asking for God? By the way, let me, let me rephrase it. What's on your mind right now? Is it the busyness of your schedule? Is it the, the long-term future? Is it the short-term future? Or could it be that just God is on your mind? We're about to be introduced out of the thousands that were in that crowd. There, there were two individuals that, that were in the crowd, there were two that out of all of them that, that God hones in on in Scripture, one of them had spent the last 12 years of their life in misery. You may come in today, then you're the one that's been through that. You just go through one trial after another. I mean, now you just maybe you've been in it so long, you, you just don't know any other life but a trial. Others of you may be that, that you're like the second person that we're going to meet. They'd had 12 years of happiness. They'd had 12 years of happiness, and suddenly the trauma came. Suddenly the fog came. For one, it had been there for 12 years, and the other, it just came in 12 years. But they were brought together, now listen to this, by a crowd. Because there was some type of, of expectation. And I want to tell you today that the devil is good at, because he knows, not good in himself, at his activity because he knows this. He knows that you have deep inside of you an expectation all the time for something. You do. It's, it's our sinful nature. You can never be satisfied. Is it true? You can never be satisfied apart from relationship with Christ. So the devil knows that. So he puts all these things inside of you. And as soon as you get through one, he's going to keep you busy and give you something else. And some of you, all of your life, that's how that you live. You haven't realized it, but you've been in a fog all your life. Some of you have wasted millions of dollars in your life trying to find the joy that's been there all the time and you didn't know it. Others of you that, that you have fought your way through your life, you have fought your way through life. You literally have fought and scratched and kicked and pulled all your way through life, and you've come to this place today, and let me just be honest with you, you're in a fog. I believe with all my heart, notice this as it comes on the screen, you must assume a different position in several things. Number one is this, your mind has to change. Until your mind changes, you're going to do, keep doing. I promise you this, you may not believe me. When you leave here today, you'll keep doing what you were doing when you came in here unless you have a mind change. I'm just telling you this. I will, I can, I can say a thousand, God, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to eat right, but until I eat right, guess what? Until my mind changes, I'm going to eat wrongly. I used to say, preacher, you're meddling now. You say, I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to change. I, I need to change. You hear a message or, or something online. There's just something, and you're, I'm going to do it. And, and you, just, you just, man, give an effort for two hours, and, and then something else comes into your mind. 
And so here's what the Bible says. If you're in the Word of God, say amen. And Jesus returned to the crowd. The people welcomed him for they're all waiting for him. And there came a man. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. There's thousands there that came, but there was a man. His name is Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. You see, in, in the time of Jesus, the, there was the temple, but there were also all these little synagogues, other places, because they couldn't get there in a day's march. And so there were places that come to wor worship, and they were set up by the main leadership of the high priest all throughout the areas of Jerusalem. But you see, there are all these churches, and, there was, and every one of them had a leader, one leader, and it was not like a pastor today. The leader's responsibility, they, they took care of the order of the service. They would simply say, Tony, this is what we're going to read from the Torah. They would choose who was going to speak. Each, each of them would have several different, different Pharisees and, and their scribes, and they, they would determine. And so they, and they determined the order and how long it would be. So, Rick, it was actually kind of more like you than me because you set usually the order of how we do the service. Most of the time we do it together. So there this guy was. He's an influential guy, and everybody looked up to him. But there came a moment in his life, the Scripture says, he came from the synagogue, and notice what it said, he fell at Jesus' feet. Have you ever fallen at Jesus' feet? Now listen to what it says. He implored him to come to his house. Now this does not make sense to me because this man, Jairus, whose name, by the way, means Yahweh enlightens, had life together, blessed mightily in his life, leader of a synagogue, but something happened to change his mind. What happened to change his mind? The scripture says, for he had only one daughter. Say one daughter. One daughter, about 12 years of age. But the scripture says she was dying. Not that she had been dying, even though we all die from the moment of birth. But in this moment in time, she was dying. And this ruler had a mind change. You see, I believe that probably like any good dad and mom would have done, they carried her to a doctor. They probably prayed over her in the synagogue. They'd done all that they were doing. And you know what? If my kids are sick, I'm going to carry them to the doctor. Anybody else? I'm going to carry them to a good doctor that I trust, that are there for us, that is a good thing to do. That is sometimes God's way of healing. But I want you to know this. There are some times that when you get in situations where that doctors cannot help. This guy comes, and he literally falls down, the Scripture says. He assumed a different position, and he began to beseech Jesus, the King James says. He invite, now, this is a shock. He invited Jesus to his home. Have you done that? Not just to church, but into your home. You see, your home's where your heart is. Have you invited him? Say, God, God I, I now get with my mind, say, right here inside of me, it is now yours. He became literally, listen to me, look at me, he became a beggar. You know what a beggar is, don't you? A beggar is somebody who pleads because they know this, without help from an outside source, they can't make it. Whenever you see it in the New Testament, they're always, they're positioned by someone else. They come and they, they plead. Uh, Peter and John going to the temple, a beggar sitting there lame from birth, is pleading, alms, alms for the poor. You say, you've got to have a different mind change. Here's what you should be saying. God, I am a beggar. Notice this as it comes on the screen. I, I am a beggar who is dealing with things beyond my control. My type A in the room, you didn't like that, did you? You just don't like that. Mom, I, uh, moms, I'll say it to all of you. I love you. Please don't send me an email about this. 
but all of you want to be in control. I get it, but then don't, don't you also want to be in control if you're a single person? There's some things in life that you just going to, you need to figure this out right now. There's some things in life that you can't control. There are some things in your life right now that are going on. I tried to write down some things that, that I was thinking about yesterday morning as Sherry was driving and I was sitting beside of her. I, I thought about when sickness comes, you realize you're not in control. When your parents say they're going to divorce, it's no longer in your control. When you find yourself financially or your marriage is in trouble and you've been kind of holding it together, most all of us want to be fixers, don't we? We want to be peacekeepers, but there are seasons of life that we come to because God is intending, watch this, to become big in your eyes. As long as you are big in your eyes, there's no need for anybody else to be big in your eyes. So there are some things that, that happen to you, and the Scripture says that this dude had one daughter, <clears throat> and she was dying. Now, we read on, the Scripture says, and Jesus went. Now, we'll come back to that a moment. The Scripture says the people pressed around him, and there was, now notice this, a woman. Now, isn't it kind of interesting that he says a man, and he identifies him, and there is a woman, and there's no identity of her name. But ladies in the room lean into this. There was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. But if you were hemorrhaging blood seven days a week, how weak you would be for 12 years. See, some of you come into this room today, you come in like the ruler of the synagogue, your, your deal's out there in the open. Everybody knows it, don't they? They just know it. So, some of you are very private, though. I, I, if, if something happens in our home, I want as many people to pray because I've I kind of gotten beyond that thing about, about my pride. I, I want the help of God. Now, and then listen now, some of you are very private. And I, whether that's right or wrong, that's not my, my deal to say. It may, be, it may be that God wants to have that privately. I don't know. But I know here was a lady, the Bible says here, that she had spent all that she had on doctors. But the Scripture says she could not be healed by anyone. There are just some things that you're going to have to get in your mind that there's no earthly cure for. She comes in, in behind Jesus, and every part of her life was a mess secretly because that she, was, she was considered by the Jewish law impure. She couldn't go to worship. She couldn't hang out with people. She had, she had an existence. And, and imagine if she was married, if she was a young woman, when uh, she got married as a young woman, and suddenly this disease happened to her. What about the guy? Do you think he would have stayed? Unable to have children for 12 years. You see, there are some things beyond you. And so what you must understand in those moments that there's things that you cannot, now look at me, look at me, you cannot fix. You cannot fix. You cannot fix. There are things you cannot fix. And some of you, that's maybe the revelation you came for today is because you've been trying to fix it and you've been butting your head against it. There are some things and some people that you can't fix. But what you can't do, God can for there is nothing impossible with him. Do you know my Bible says, Ephesians 2 and 4, that my God is rich in mercy and grace? For the things that you can't fix, let this kind of get into your mind. The Scripture says here, notice in verse number 44, she came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment. See, in that day, they had the belief that if a man was holy and someone touched him, he'd been praying his prayer shawl, the tassel that they, the prayer he prayed would touch them. Now, they, they had the belief that even the shadow of a holy man could heal. And whether it was true or not, I'm going to tell you what, you come up under my shadow, all you're going to get is a shadow. 
So there's no healing in me. But I'll tell you about one there is healing in. And his name is Jesus Christ. And so she comes up behind him and she touches him, the scripture says, and I love this, and immediately, say the word immediately. And immediately, you, see, there's an expectation. And immediately her discharge of blood stopped. You say, it doesn't say that in my Bible. It says cease. You're exactly right. To cease means it will not come back. It's not going to come back. Now watch, you're a beggar who deals with things beyond your control, but who is Jesus? He is the creator. Now watch this. He is the creator who has control over all things. So if you'll just change your mind, you say, that means it's going to happen today. It could. It may be a week from now, three months from now, maybe three years from now. I don't know. Be long suffering with God. Just, I just know it can happen. It will happen. And so mom, be discouraged if you hadn't had a phone call from, from your, your kid in six months. Don't be dis- Don't quit. You're praying for a lost parent. Don't quit. Whatever it is you're pleading with, you say, but preacher, it's out of my control. Preacher, I'm mad. But what's out of your control is completely under his. So you got to have an attitude change in your mind. But secondly, you got to assume a different position in your prayer life. Your prayer has to change. What did the ruler of the synagogue do? He came and Tony got down and he said, Lord, will you come? And I love what the scripture says. Jesus just went with him. Do you know Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says that Jesus Christ came from the heavens. He passed through the heavens for you and I. He has come down through the Spirit now. He came down literally and lived and gave his life, was buried and rose again, went back to the Father, seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession, says, come unto me boldly. But do you know the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 71, that we have these precious promises. We have the Holy Spirit. And if we will perfect holiness in the fear of God, he'll walk with us. So I want to tell you this, that one of the reasons the awakening is coming to Jackson First Baptist Church is because of prayer. Not just, now I lay me down to sleep, but genuine pleading with God as a beggar saying, you are the creator who can do anything. Matthew 7 and 7, asking it shall be given, seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be opened. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, if you ask anything according to his will, you'll have that which you ask because you ask according to his will, you know you will have it. There's nothing like coming in here with a lunch for Jesus sometimes and hearing a brother or a sister down on their knees crying out to God, pleading with God, to hear someone scream out, God, are you ashamed to do that, my friend? Are you really doing that? But I'm telling you, when he becomes so intimate with you, he walks with you, the old hymn writer says. He talks with you a long life's narrow way. So Jesus went with this dude, and as he was going with this dude, this woman comes up. Nobody sees her in the crowd. She comes in faith, and she comes, and she comes up, and behind her, him, and she touches him, and in an instant, she is healed. Do you see her slipping back out? It breaks my heart so many of you have been touched so many times by God and you never told anybody. You know your miracle is not just for you. Do you know that? My salvation was not just for me. When God does a miracle, it is for everybody around you. Some of you listen to me today. It should not be that you have to share. It should be because your mind has changed. Can I say to you, young moms, it's a victory When your kids slept all night because you finally got them to, why don't you tell somebody else? It's a miracle, sir, when you worked all week long and never said one foul word. It's a miracle when you go three years and never have to be in the hospital. 
You see, it's time that the church do more than just petition God in prayer, but praise the Lord in prayer. See, the Lord was not drawing her out for himself, but he was drawing her out for a purpose. And the scripture says that Jesus said in verse 45, who is it that touched me? I think this is cool. And Peter, you know Peter, don't you? Peter just, I mean, he's always got his foot in his mouth. It, it, it probably only takes it out to change the socks. I don't know. It's kind of like me. I only take it out to change my socks. And so, he, Peter said, he said, he didn't call him dude. He said, Master, these people are about to crush you. Everybody's touching you. I'd say it like this. Well, everybody went to church on Mama's Day. They all went on Easter, but Jesus said, notice Jesus said, someone touched me for I perceive that power has gone out from me. You see, there's a difference in touching the Lord just with a handshake than there is with a head and heart shake. So now watch, uh, there's got to be a change in position of your mind, of your prayer, but also this, notice this, there needs to be a change in your faith. There's got to be a change in your faith. If you just go around with no expectations, nothing is going to happen. I found this. When I, when I don't have an expectation, I don't pray. But friend, God, the God of heaven has a gourmet meal for you every day. And by the way, it's not your will that he has. It is his will. It is his way. It is his power, his ability. Some of you are praying about a vacation, and God's praying about a mission trip for you. And by the way, it's the same location. <laughs> Woo, that was good straight from heaven. It's not these uh, preachers that get vacation. If I live to September, friend, I won't see you. Because I'm going to take with my wife. We celebrate 30 years of marriage in May, but because of the schedule we have, we will do ours in September. But I, when it comes, I'm going to, but understand something, it is our mission field. It is your mission field. And listen to me, this woman was called out, the scripture says, and she saw that she was not hidden. She came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she'd been immediately healed. Now watch this. She came and she said, just let me tell you, for 12 years, I went through this, and just a few moments ago, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Creator did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Now watch Jesus. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now you say, what's the deal right there? Listen to me. This is, this is amazing to me. It's amazing to me. When he called her daughter, he was saying, I've adopted you into my family. Goodness. Where are y'all? See, he wanted her to know that she wasn't just leaving with a package that she was to just hold on to, but now she was being, she was opened up to so much more. Getting saved is just the beginning. You become a part of a family of God. I have moms and dads all over the world, friends and neighbors everywhere. I, I, I couldn't make it without this family. Your daughter you have been made well. Now watch, it is the testimony that God had heard her prayer. She was not only physically healed, but spiritually healed at the feet of Jesus. And then thirdly, he also said this, go in peace. She didn't come in peace, but hallelujah, she went in peace. Some of us, we come to church half dead and we leave all dead. We get up and we have our prayer time. We get through it really quick. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I'm telling you today, people have to come and get me sometimes and say, hey, you got something to do now. Because when God becomes that intimate with you, you don't want to leave that. I don't want to miss something, Lane. I'm afraid I might miss something for your life. So I pray. And I pray. 
But by the way, the fog's coming and the fog's coming. But if you have your mind right and if you, listen to me, if you've you got your prayer right and if your faith is right, when the storm comes, you won't quit. You say, how do you know that? It's right, right here in the text. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, now watch, your daughter is dead. Twelve years of hell ended. Twelve years of happiness ended on the same day. What would you do if you were in that circumstance? I want to tell you, I've lost a parent. I've lost grandparents. There's no hurt that compares to losing a child. There's no hurt that comes anywhere near than a mother or dad that loses a child. So don't ever think that you understand because you don't understand. I, we, only, we lost ours but pre-birth, but we've walked with others, but I still don't understand. This man hears these words, your daughter is dead. And then they said this, trouble him no more. I hear it all the time, people saying, I'm done with the marriage. Who told you that? I'm, I'm done with my kids. I'm done with the church. I, I'm through with this. I'm through. I, 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 I can't. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm done with the younger generation, and the younger generation is done with the old. I'm done with America. I'm done with family. I'm done with everything. Who told you this? The spirit of defeat. The announcers of the bad news. If you don't know what the announcers are of the bad news, just find Fox, CNN, MSNBC, and all the others. But what does Jesus say? Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, do not fear. Only what? Believe, have faith. Only believe and she will be made well. Now walk with me through that. Jesus had to correct the fog of the man. He had to recenter him in his mind, believe, and then he had to help him in his faith, she will be well. Jesus acknowledges that she has died. Mark's account actually teaches us in Matthew that she had died even before that, but the man didn't know it. Jesus knew it, but the man didn't know it. So when he actually came to ask for Jesus to help, she had already died. You see, he thought that he had great faith, but he had little faith. And we think that she had no faith, but she in private had more faith in private than he had in the public. So in this moment, are you with me now? Don't, don't shut down and say, we're almost done. Don't shut down with me because you got to get this because if your mind changes and you want to do something, you start praying about it. But if you don't have faith, you won't stay with it. You'll give up. You'll try to take back control of it. When it gets just a little bit better, you're like, I can handle it now. That's, this, that's the Baptist church's most terrible thing. When it gets just a little bit better, you just stop praying. See, I don't want half peace in my home. I want full peace. I don't want half healing from cancer. I don't want half healing for America. I don't want half healing for people's lives. I don't want them just to come to church. I want them to come all the way into the kingdom and be sold out to God. So they, here's what you have to do. You've got to quit being afraid. You have to believe and have faith that it will be well. So they, they go on. He has enough faith to go on. They come to the house, and the Scripture says that there are all these people outside mourning around the house. They did that in that day. They're weeping. They're wailing. And Jesus comes in, and, and they say they, they're still outside. And according to Matthew's account and Mark's account, they're outside, and, and they're saying, Jesus, it's useless. There's just no use in that. Have you ever tried to pull somebody that didn't want to be pulled? That's what I see sometimes. 
You're saying to people, have faith, but they're already shut down. They've already lost the belief beforehand. They, they already shut down. And he says to them, uh, oh, she's not dead. She's just asleep. If you look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 52, it says that those of us who fall asleep. Now, that's not in the first service or the second service. But we die. And they begin to laugh at him and make fun of him. And today I want to tell you this, that we lie far too much at what we should be weeping for. We look at these things as strange when we should say it's supernatural. And the Bible says he wouldn't let them go in. Let me say this to you, those of you who are occasional comers or watching online. I don't want you to just watch the awakening from afar. I want you to be in on it. I'm losing sleep, but I'm in on it. My physical strength is weak right now because we're doing so much, but I want to be in on it. Because it may not pass my way again. And if it's, I want to be so much a part of it, I'll do whatever it takes that God would do in our lives to do that. And they would, did not get to go in. So Jesus goes in, and he, there, the mom is there, the dad is there, a few other people. Peter, James, and John are the only three he lets go in. Just the three, not the other nine. And he reaches down to her in the Aramaic. He said, daughter, get up. Do you have enough faith to come to an altar and say to a minister or to a lady in this room, pray for me? Pray for me. Do you, do you, have, enough, do you have enough faith to come to get on an altar, just you and God lift up your hand and say, God, it's me. It's out of my control. You know it is. Forgive me for trying to be in control. And God, do what I can. And I promise you, now watch this. I promise you if you do, I will not take credit for it. Thank you for taking the time to find God's answers to life's greatest issues. We hope that you would reach out to us at info at jacksonfbc.com with your questions and check out more of our ministries at jacksonfbc.com.